that said, we're, we're still talking about the blessing with you this morning. And um, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we're talking about how God has moved in people's lives. And we're not talking about the day-to-day blessings that we experience, the things that God gives us um, the, the ability to accomplish in this life, whether it be our job, whether it be our car, whether it be our our home and all of those kind of things. So we are, uh, you know, certainly indebted to God and should certainly be full of gratitude towards God for all of the things that we're blessed with in this life. But what I'm wanting to push us to is I'm wanting to push us to a deeper understanding of the blessing, right? Uh, on, the, on the live show with John this week on Wednesday, I was saying that, and, and we both kind of got tickled because we were like, it reminded them of, of the, the uncle or the grandfather, whatever he is, in Christmas vacation, when he says, the blessing, right, and, and everything. So anytime I said the blessing after that, John would sit over there and lip to me, the blessing, right? Um, so if you wondered, if you watched and you were wondering what was going on, that's what was going on. So, uh, but I do want us to focus on the blessing, because if we're not careful, we will look at this life, and we will look at our Christian experience, and we will sometimes base our depth of Christianity on the tangible things that we accomplish or we get or we have and everything else. And we will liken that, we will liken that to God's presence in our life. We will say, oh, I've got a good job. God is present. Oh, I've got a good car. God is present. Oh, I've got this. God is present. I've got that. God is present. And certainly we should be full of gratitude for those things. But what I want us to do is I want us to realize that there is a deeper blessing than stuff. Right? And, and we as Christians need to quit likening our Christian experience to stuff and to things and to feelings and to emotions. But we need to step into the truth and the power that Jesus Christ has for us just by being present in our life. Just by coming on that first Christmas and saying, now I am going to move upon you. I will be the one that brings healing. I will be the one that, that brings strength. I will be the one that brings hope. I will be the one that brings all of these things. And despite what happens in the world, because in the world, you know, you're not always going to get what you want, right? And so despite what happens in the world, I am still the source of blessing, and I am still the source of sustenance in your life. And in doing that, we've taken a quick look at Zechariah. And how Zechariah had prayed for something for so long that he believed the time had passed by and it would never happen. And we even so much that when he was told by God through Gabriel that it would happen, he denied the power of God. He denied what God is possible of doing. And it was a reminder to us that all things are possible with God. The limitations that we have here in this life do not limit God. Amen. And so if we're living limited in this life, if we're limited, uh, limiting ourselves, limiting our church, limiting our family, limiting our Christian existence because of the tangible things that we liken to God in this life, then truly what we're doing is, is much like Zacharias. We're believing, we're living devout, we're, we're exercising our salvation. But at the end of the day, we're telling God, you can only operate here because anything else just isn't normal. Right? Kind of reminds me of my favorite line in, in the, the show, The Chosen, right? Get used to different. And I think Jesus showing up in this life was one of those true moments where he says, everything's going to be different now, right? So get used to different. I'm doing things different because I'm here and I'm in charge. 
And, and sometimes we have to move past everything we've been molded to think, everything we've been molded to believe, everything that we've been said, this is only the way, this, only this way is how God operates, right? And if, and if he's operating anywhere else, anyhow else, then, then it might not be of God, right? And, and so because of that, we don't tend to think of God as being as big and being as able and being as capable as he is. And because of that, we, we don't really serve him on that level, realizing that he's capable to do all things before us. And that's what Zechariah showed us, that God was able to do something. By earthly terms, Sarah's body should not have been able to conceive. By earthly terms, Sarah's body should not be able to carry a, a baby. By earthly terms, she shouldn't be able to have a baby. But God said, no, 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 it's on my terms. And they did. They conceived John the Baptist, and he was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, Mary, God appeared unto Mary through Gabriel and, and told her of all that he was going to do. And Mary accepted the task, and she said, so, so be it to me. Let it happen to me as you have said. And what we see in that is we see a level of devotion that goes beyond our comprehension. And, and I think that is why Mary uh, is called blessed in the Bible and says that many generations will call her blessed. And because of her obedience and, and because of her willingness to be what God wanted her to be in that moment, despite the circumstances, we see how high and lifted Mary is even to this day. And, and I think we have to push past that idea of I'm not enough. I don't have the abilities. I don't have the time. I don't have the, the capacity. I don't have this. I don't have that. And understand that when God calls us to something, he will provide the provision. Amen? Now, we can be a sluggard in that and sit back and just say, well, okay, I'm just going to sit here and spend my wills until God provides Amen. I don't, I don't think that's dutiful. Amen. And, but that's a whole other message, and we can get into that later. I think it's important for us to move to a place to where we look spiritually, not fleshly, not carnally, but spiritually to God to do all of the things needed for us to accomplish his will. That's what Mary did. Mary chose to look beyond the norm, to look beyond what was comfortable, to look beyond what she had planned and allow God to move upon her life and bring the Messiah to us through her womb. And, and it brought a lot of pain. It brought a lot of difficulty. It brought a lot of misunderstanding. But she endured it. And we see Scripture proves to us that she endured it all the way to the very end, to, to him being placed in the tomb she carried these things. She pondered them in her heart. She suffered the hurt and she suffered the loss. And, and she suffered these things because it's what she was called to. It's what she was called to. And she stood up to that. And, and many of us, when we're called to something, we, we will logic it to death. We will rationalize it to death. And, and because of that, we will step into it to a certain degree. We will step into it to a certain level. And some of us, some of us will get ahead of God and step into it, amen, and get out there on our own instead of allowing God to move upon us and God to send the things to us that he needs and that he wants. But Mary chose to abide in him. And I think we are called to, to that kind of blessing, to where we abide in him 
even in the things that don't make sense, even in the things that don't line up with our plan and allow him to move spiritually in our life. Amen. And that is the blessing. That is the blessing. It is when we choose to accept something beyond the norm in the name of Jesus Christ. Something beyond what makes sense in the name of Jesus Christ. Something that doesn't line up on paper in the name of Jesus Christ. And we choose to step into that and allow God to begin opening doors, closing doors where necessary, and making things work and happen in such a way that he is in charge and he is in control. And that brings us this morning to Joseph. Joseph, in Matthew chapter 1, beginning at, at verse 18, he has an encounter of his own with God through the angel Gabriel. And says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, raising from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, we've, we've heard this story over and over in our lives. We've, we've considered this moment uh, of, of Mary and, and Joseph, and we've considered this, this thought that God moved upon them. And, and as God moved upon them, it was done in such a way that, that it, it happened, right? And, and there was a movie a few years ago that someone did that kind of showed the journey and kind of showed the difficulty that Mary and Joseph went through to, to take that trip to Bethlehem and to do the things they do where they ended up in, in the stable. And I think sometimes because we become so story-natured, we, we lose sight of the difficulty and the hardship that was around us. And I'll never forget, when I was, I was youth pastor and when, when Sam and I had first started um, um, working together with the youth and things like that, and, and people in the church were trying to push us together and all of the, the, the stuff that goes along with our story, um, we played Mary and Joseph in a Christmas play at our church. And I had heard the story of Joseph. I'd heard the, yeah, the angel appeared to him and everything else. They came together. They did what they were supposed to do. And, uh, yeah, Jesus was born, right? And, and even early in ministry, that's kind of how I looked at it. And I never really gave a lot of thought to how this happened, how this worked. 
you know, how the human side was affected and influenced by this moment was part of that play. I have, I had this like monologue where I'm dealing with the emotions and I'm dealing with the, the frustrations and I'm dealing with the anger and I'm dealing with the uncertainty and I'm, and I'm dealing with, with everything in the idea uh, of having a, a fiance who's pregnant, not by me, but by God and I'm supposed to carry on as normal. And it was for the first time when I was reading the script, I was thinking, wow, that's like really deep. That's really deep that I gave Joseph a lot of consideration. And I think sometimes we kind of forget about this element. And, let, and so let's kind of put it into perspective. In this scenario and in this situation, Joseph, by, by all means, had two choices. Divorce her. Or make it known publicly what she had, quote-unquote, done and have her be stoned to death. If you go by the law, if you go by the statutes of the time, if you go by what was historically accurate in that time, that was Joseph's choice. And, and we read here in Scripture that, that being a just man, he didn't want to make the spectacle. He didn't want to see her put to death. He was willing to just put her away, divorce her privily, right, privately, right? And, and because of that, that's, that's where his heart was. He was broken. He was, he was shattered. He was concerned. This doesn't line up. This doesn't work. This doesn't make sense. Gabriel, uh, uh, Gabriel appeared to you. What? Right? Imagine any of us in that scenario and in that situation. And so Joseph did what anybody would do in that place. He would look at what was real and tangible to him and, and make a decision based on the options presented. But God, right? Isn't that how we isn't that kind of how we do that these days? But God, right? Here's what we need to understand, and here's what we need to think when we're faced with difficult decisions, when we're faced with difficult circumstances, when things in front of us look bleak or look misunderstood or whatever, we are now challenged with an idea of, okay, this is what logic tells me to do. This is what the world tells me to do. These are my choices and these are my options. But God, what do you say I do? And when we want to think about the blessing and when we want to think about God moving in our life, we have got to come to a point and a place that we quit out thinking him. We quit getting ahead of him. Amen. Anthony's not up here, so I'm going to talk about him. Not on purpose. I'd talk about him if he was up here. But, but I love this. I love this kid's heart. Right? I love this kid's heart because he wants, he wants Jesus, and he wants Jesus in a, in a bad, bad way and, and everything else. And he, he asked me one time, he's like, what's the greatest thing I can do to, to prepare for ministry? And I said, do it the way the Bible outlines, right? Prove yourself, study, study to show yourself approved, meditate in the word day and night, be, be, a, be a family man, be a man of God. When God blesses you with a spouse, be a husband, be a protector, be a provider, be the things that God asks you to do in those elements first. And then God will always add the increase. God will always add the increase. God will always see you being faithful over a few things, 
right? That's why he tells us, you got you to gotta have home covered before you have this covered. Amen? Why? Because if God's going to anoint you, if God's going to pull, pour favor out on you, if God is going to do anointed things in your life, he has to know you're faithful over the few things. That's why he gives us the outline. That's why scripture makes it very clear to us what is expected. Amen? And these are things that we do. These are things that we seek. These are things that we pursue. These are things that we knock and have open. These are things that we ask and let it be given. This is the godly pursuit he expects from us. And then he says, oh, okay. Okay, now I'm going to pour out on you. Now I'm going to take you to the next place. Now I'm going to take you to the next level. Now I'm going to do in you what only I can do. And the scary thing for a lot of us, and I've seen this, I've, 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 I've had young men come, come called to preach and everything else like this, and, and they want it. They want it, right? And, and, and so in a lot of ways they fake it. Because they want to be seen as this, and they want to do this, and they want to go here, and they want to go there with ministry. And that is not the way to tempt the Lord thy God. And so what we see is we see that God moves upon those who present themselves just, and those who present themselves according to God's plan. And God says to that man, now I will do what only I can do. And it was kind of that way with Joseph. Joseph had a choice to make. Joseph, Joseph could say, I'm a young man. I don't have to deal with this. There's plenty of good-looking babes out there, right? I don't have to bring this into my life. I just put her away. I don't make a spectacle. I don't want her to die. She's a, she's a good girl and, and everything else, but I can move on from this. Amen? And you see, unfortunately, in, in our flesh, a lot of times, that's how we respond to difficulty. We put it away. When, when hard things come and when hard things go and, and when we're affected and wounded and, and dealing with all of that, the easiest thing for us is to put the things that don't line up to what we want, put them away. Hide them in a closet. Amen? Like we do when company's coming over. Right? Oh, wait, what? You're stopping by? You'll be here when? Oh, okay. Family! Everything in the spare room right now. Right? Anybody else guilty? Huh? Okay, good. Glad it's not just me. The reality for us is we kind of operate that way spiritually sometimes too. We kind of operate, God, you want me to do what? You want me to think what? You want me to believe what? You want me to trust what? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't... That doesn't line up with what I know. Come on, right? But what God is offering to us is the blessing. He's not offering, in, in these moments, he's not offering us a, a, a new car to drive. He's not offering us a, a new job to go to. He's, he's not offering us new money in our bank account. When we begin to think of God on the level of the blessing, the blessing of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ in our life, now we are talking about things of supernatural proportion. 
And until we begin to think about God in a supernatural sense, in, and, and I, don't, I don't always like the word supernatural, but it gets our attention. But, but when we think, begin to think about God in a supernatural or what I like to call spiritual sense, that is when we begin to see how big he is and how able and capable he is of doing what we can't conceive. And I could stand here and, and I could story tell all day of things I have seen happen in our life, things I have seen happen in other people's life, and things I have seen God do that did not make it made no sense whatsoever. But God did it because, because God was moving people into the blessing and moving them beyond what was rational. And when we begin to think about God in that level, when we begin to live our life with God in that level and in that place, God begins to pay attention to us and he begins to pay attention to our prayers and he begins to pay attention to our dutifulness. Amen. As I said before, you got you, you to gotta meet the little things before you get the big things. Amen? God begins to pay attention to that, and he begins to move us into bigger things than we ever dreamed of, than we ever thought possible. And because of that, he will do great works in our life and through our life. Amen? But as long as, long as we box him up into what is neat, because God ain't neat. Amen. I'm not, I'm not saying he has to throw all the laundry in the spare room when company comes over, okay? But, but I'm telling you, God, God's not neat and God's not orderly and God doesn't just do things the easy, logical, sensible way that we try to live our life. He never will. He never has. I can look throughout Scripture and I can put myself in, in these people's places. I'm going to think, man, that was a big ask. That was a big ask God made of Joseph. That was, that was a huge deal. That was, that was a, a faith level, trust level thing that goes beyond comprehension. But, but then you see those that God chose to move upon follow the leadership and follow the direction of the Holy Spirit in their life. And then you see God do extraordinary things where you want me to go. Huh, where do you want me to go? Which chapter? Which page? What story do you want me to read to you this morning to prove it? I could, I could spend the entire day reading this book to you of people who trusted God beyond their flesh and trusted God beyond the tangible and trusted God beyond what made sense. And God did extraordinary things in their life. And I kind of come to Lazarus. And that whole moment uh, of Jesus showing up and, and the sisters torn and upset and crying and, and Jesus going to the tomb to call him forth and, and the sister. And, and this is how real that story is. The sisters coming to him saying, no, 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 Lord, he certainly he's been dead three days. Certainly he stinketh. Right. I mean, let, let's let's think about everything in play here. Right? Because he held it all right here. He held every detail. He, had, he held every circumstance. He held every cir 
situation related to Lazarus's life and Lazarus's death in the palm of his hand. But the family was like, oh, you didn't think about this. Yeah, I got it. Well, you didn't do this. Well, well, surely this. I'm good, right? And so he calls Lazarus forth, and he says very certain words that I think we all need to begin living. Loose him and let him go. You see, when Jesus came to this earth through Mary, And through the obedience of Joseph, God chose them knowing that they were capable of the task because of the time and the devotion and and the dutifulness that they had shown. God said, if anyone's going to carry through what I want to give, it's these guys. It's Mary. And it's Joseph. So I will speak to them. I will tell them what I'm doing in the spiritual Because they will carry it through to completion. You see, they had been faithful over a few things. Now God was ready to pour out the big stuff. Now God was ready to say, I'm going to let you carry my son, not just to Bethlehem, but I'm going to let you carry my son into the world. I'm going to let you carry my son into the operating rooms of this life. I'm going to let you carry my son into the troubled homes of this life. I'm going to let, I'm, I'm going to let you carry my son in, into the broken marriages. And I'm going to let you carry my son into the attics. And I'm going to let you carry my son in, into all of the places of darkness and all of the things in this life where people need to be delivered and people need to be healed. I will bring the blessing. I will bring the anointing. I will do what you can't do. Just trust me and walk with me and let me do in this world what I want to do because it's going to break chains. It's going to bring walls down and it's going to move people into my presence and it is going to shake the very foundations of how and why they live. And Joseph said, okay, okay, I'll do it. And think of the sacrifice. Think of the sacrifice, amen? And we don't see the sacrifice talked about here really that much in in Scripture. It mentions that he didn't know her until the baby was born, right? And, And, you know, for guys, that's a big deal, right? Just being real with you. Right? Joseph chose to see it through the way God outlined it. And as such, God brought the blessing to not only Joseph and Mary, but to me and you. And so we have to understand that if we're called to spread the gospel, if we're called to touch lives, if we're called to lift people from the pits of this world, if we're called to bring light into darkness, if we're called to share the love and the gospel and and the goodness of Jesus Christ into people's lives, then we have to bring ourselves to a place that what is in his hand becomes in our hand and we carry the power and authority of God into those situations where only he can go. Amen? And so I'm talking to you today about a power that is beyond what we what we think about and a power that is beyond what we establish and understand. And and we, we talked about this during our last series, the breakthrough, amen, that we're given the power. Acts chapter one tells us that we're given the power to spread the gospel. We're not 
we're, we're not given the power of God to self-inflate. And we're not given the power of God to, to brag about what he's done in our life. And, and we're not given the power of God to, to go tell everyone what we've done. But we're given the power of God. We're given anointing and we're given the blessing so that we might go to people and share the goodness of God in a way that transforms and moves their life into the presence of God. That is what we are called to. That's what we are asked to be. That is what we are asked to do. Amen. So we got to get we got to get our stuff right. We got to get our stuff right. Joseph got his stuff right. The Bible gives us that testimony. Right? Mary had gotten her stuff right. The Bible gives us that testimony. Amen. And as I said to you in the first message of this series, everyone, whether it be Job or whomever, everyone that God moved blessing on, it gives us their testimony in some way that they were righteous or that they were dutiful or they were just or they were holy in all of their doings. That's the Bible talking. That's not Jay talking. What does that mean? It means they were faithful over the few things. It means that they were faithful to what God had asked in this life before they began to pursue what God was doing in the spiritual. And so it is up to us to live dutiful lives. It is up to us to present ourselves just before a holy God, just as these have done, that we're given to as examples. And then when we begin to come into God's presence in that manner and in that way, then God will begin to move us in the thing, into the things that are beyond us. Amen? And I'm going to be honest with you. That's, that's, that's crazy. And I've stood, in, I've stood in I don't know how many pulpits and preached. I don't know how many messages over the years. I mean, she used to, she used to write them all down. She used to write all my messages down and all the things and to the point that we, we were just so busy and doing so much and everything else, she just couldn't keep up with it and keep the... the, the the books up with it anymore and, and whatnot and, and so forth. And so I, I don't have a record of any of that. I don't need a record of any of that. I don't want a record of any of that. I don't really know what the numbers are and don't care. But, but my point is in all of those moments and in all of those times and in all of those places, I've seen God do some crazy, crazy things that are so far beyond me and so far beyond you. That it had to be the blessing. It had to be something beyond this earth for God to make a difference in. And we need to begin to live our lives believing in that. Amen? If, if, we are go if we're going to say that Christmas is about Jesus, then our, our, the rest of our language and the rest of our, our life needs to follow that same suit. We need, if Christmas is about Jesus, and it is, I agree 100% with that. If Christmas is about Jesus, then so is everything else that happens in our life because Christmas brought everything else to our life. It brought us hope. It brought us joy. Amen. We're going to sing a whole lot of songs next on, on this Thursday. We're going to sing a whole lot of songs that talk about glory, that talk about joy, that talk about hope, that talk about promise. All of that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ that first Christmas. Amen. So I want us to talk about more than Christmas when we talk about Jesus. Amen? Had a bad day at work. Had a rough life. 
The ends don't line up, don't have enough money. Somebody's sick, somebody's in the hospital. This is happening, that's happening. Life isn't going the way I expected. This isn't working, this is hard. Marriage is a struggle. All of these things that we deal with in our life, the reason they become problems and the reason they don't end up the way God intended them to end up is because we don't talk blessing into them. We don't talk power into them. We don't talk anointing into them. Amen. We look at the circumstances of this life and the circumstances of this world and we respond to it like the world. I had a preacher tell me one time, how do you just pray for people when they're sick and they want to be prayed for and they want to be anointed? How do you just, how do, you just do that? I said, because I believe in the power of God thereof. Amen. It might not be his will to heal them. It might not be his will to make a difference. But what I'm called to is believing that he can. What I'm called to is believing that if it's his will, he will. What I'm called to is believing that his glory is greater than the circumstances. What I'm called to is believing that if his Lazarus is in a tomb and Jesus the Messiah says, come forth, that honey, that body's going to stand up and it's going to come forth. Now I've seen some silly men stand in a funeral home and try to do the same thing only to embarrass themselves. Amen? Because I don't hold that power. You don't hold that power. But the power of God is manifest in those who present themselves a worthy sacrifice. Amen? And if you're not presenting yourself in that manner, don't blaspheme him. Huh? But what I am saying to you is I'm saying what Mary said, and I'm saying what Joseph said, and I'm saying what countless of others in Scripture have said, that I'm going to believe. I am going to believe. As much as I believe he came and was born in that stable and was placed in that manger, as much as I believe that a star out of nowhere showed up in the sky that showed people where to find him, as much as I believe that the angels danced in front of the shepherds and put on a show, because listen, some of you have heard me say this, but for those that haven't, the angels knew what came to earth. The angels knew what God had done, and the angels couldn't contain themselves. And so they lit up the sky in praise and worship because they knew, they understood the power that now had come to flesh. And friend, what I am saying to you is we need to be a little more angel-like. We need to get a little more crazy and carried away and believe in the power of God to do the things that the power of God came to this earth to do. Amen? He doesn't need me to do it. He just needs me to believe it. He just needs me to live it. He just needs me to walk in it. And he just needs me that in the dark times and the difficult circumstances and the situations of this life to believe in something that is bigger and something that is more powerful than me. You see, when we start 
to think of God and, and put God when we when we try to pull him off his throne and bring him our to, down to our level. And we begin to justify him according to our knowledge and we begin to understand him according to what we know and what we accept. We have marginalized the God of heaven. We have marginalized the God of heaven. But it is when we say that I can't take another step, but for you, God, I'll take another step. When we say this is too hard to carry, but for you, God, I'll stand up. But when we say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm going to live my life believing and knowing you're going to do this. We're choosing to accept the baby in the womb. We're choosing to accept the baby on the donkey. We're choosing to accept the baby in the manger when we choose to say in our life, God. You can. You're able. And I'm going to trust. And I'm going to believe. And I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. Because I didn't just believe in you that first Christmas. I believe in you now. I believe that what you did then was spiritual and powerful. And I believe what you're going to show up and do today is spiritual and powerful. And I want to see it. I want to believe it. I want to walk in it for your glory, God. For your glory. Amen. And when we look at, when we look at Joseph, when we look at the choice that he made, it was a choice that he made for God. It wasn't a choice that he made for him. His life would have been a whole lot easier. His choices would have been a lot less painful. His journey would have been not nearly as difficult if he had chosen what was easy for him. But he chose God. He chose God. He believed in the power of what was shown him and what was presented to him through the angel. And he chose to walk therein. And so friend, when we think about the blessing, when we think about something beyond this earth, and when we think about something beyond our capability, and when we think of what God is wanting to do in our life and in the lives of the many he will call us to, we need to think of God as big as God is. And when we begin to think of the blessing, that's what we're called to. Every single person that we've shared with you, including next week's message, every single person that we've talked about here has seen God do something bigger than them. Every single person has seen God do something that naturally didn't, didn't make sense, didn't line up. Wasn't, wasn't possible, wasn't able, wasn't logical, wasn't neat and tidy and perfect. But every single person that we've talked about and, and the countless of others that we could talk about saw God do something beyond logic, beyond normal, beyond flesh and blood. And so if we're going to, if we're going to, if we're going to captivate ourselves this week with a virgin birth, and we should, we should. But if we're going to captivate ourselves with that this week, then we should captivate ourselves with that 
every day of our life. We should look into every circumstance and every situation and every evil and every darkness around us and know that the power of God is still living. Amen? I know we live in difficult times, and I know we live in difficult circumstances, and I know there's this chaos and that chaos and this theory and that theory and, and on 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 and on. But what I, what I want to share with you now is, is, is what they shared back in the day when Jesus stood before Pilate. Actually, it was Herod, I think. And, and Herod was questioning him and asking him all of these things, and Jesus would respond with, Thou hast said. Thou hast said, why? Jesus didn't even want to entangle him in the flesh. He wasn't even interested. Jesus was so exalted spiritually above where he was at that moment, he just wasn't even interested in having the conversation. Amen? And I've been there. I've been in some situations where people are just butchering scriptures left and right, trying to prove their point, and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going over here, Right? And, and, and we, we, live, we live in a really dark time and everything else. But I want to remind you of what Jesus said in that moment. He said, you have no power unless it's given to you. You have no power unless it's given to you. And when we allow God to move into our life and move into our circumstances... We're choosing to give over what little power we really have. We're choosing to give that over to a great big God who holds all power. To trust him, to live with him, and to live by him, and to allow his presence in our day and in our circumstances and in our situations, allow his presence to be our blessing, not just Christmas Eve, but every minute of every hour of every day of our life. And what I challenge you, church, is I challenge you to live there. I challenge you to live in that place to where everything that doesn't line up is, 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 is responded to with a, a but God or, or whatever the, the next cool saying is, right? But, but I don't really care what the saying is. What I care about is the condition of your heart and how you respond to it. I care about the condition of your mind and how you respond to it. I care about the condition of, of God's workmanship in your life and how you respond to the things here. When we begin to live beyond flesh and blood, and we begin to live spiritual lives. The, from Acts on, the entire New Testament is about telling us to quit living in the flesh and to live spiritual. Every, every bit of it is about that in one way or another. And what I'm saying to you is that's the blessing. The blessing is that I don't have to be confined to this. And I am inviting you into what God invited Mary on and what God invited Joseph on and what God invited many others on. I am inviting you to step into the blessing of God, his spiritual presence and power in you and over you 
every day of your life. Live there, think there, reason there. Let it become part of who you are.